And we are officially live. What is up, live reality game community? This is Dom, and I am coming at you live from my room, joined with Drew and Survivor Dearborn Season 1, 3, and 4 veteran and Season 5 of Survivor Grand Rapids Fresh Meat crew member, Matt. And we are finally here in the new year, ready to discuss uh, Survivor Grand Rapids Fresh Meat, the first three episodes. It has been quite a journey trying to schedule this podcast (laughs) to say the least uh it was very smart of us to release during the holiday season um because it garnered excitement families all watched it but little did we know it it really took away (laughs) took an effort to plan all this stuff (laughs) between visiting who knew we had things to do during the holidays right not everything revolves around survivor i guess or survivor grand rapids um but uh so drew um how have you been doing? I know uh, last time we spoke, we were covering Survivor Dearborn's, you know, journey through the the seasons, and yes. we kind of had a dead stop at season three, which we will end up covering eventually along with season four. But you were kind of thrown right into season five, Survivor Grand Rapids Fresh Meat. Um, how have you been liking the season so far? I'm loving it. You know, um, like Dom said, I watched season three. We'll cover that eventually. Started season four, have not finished it yet. And then jumping from that into Grand Rapids has been amazing. Production value, top tier. Uh, You can tell, Dom, you've grown a lot in terms of your hosting. I hope so. um, (laughs) Planning, execution of everything. Uh, The editing has been great so far. I know you've had your editing done for months and months in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's been great. Um, I'm liking that we're getting uh, full confessionals from people. I like that we're seeing a lot of this gameplay, a lot more modern style of gameplay. The challenges have been amazing so far. Um, I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, I, I, I couldn't have done it without the crew, of course, who were there, uh, which leads it into Matt. Matt, you were there watching the whole thing, but you were behind the scenes or I guess in some of our episodes, you were in front of the scenes, <laughs> whether we like it or not. Still but, steal the spotlight, can't help it. Um, but how is it playing out for you being able to watch all the events kind of play back? It, it's so crazy. Like, I would think I know everything that's going on as a crew member, but I mostly stuck to one camp and like hearing all the stuff that happened at Red. It was like crazy. And like also shouting out like the environment, like now that we have uh eric shout out eric's house and this awesome farm background like it's so much different than suburban dearborn <laughs> yes i have so many questions about the location oh, too. it's so great yeah. it was so nice filming there and then the cast like i was talking to spoiler my fiance juliana about this i was like i think this cast like more than any survivor dearborn cast is like the most reflective of an actual survivor season like you have this mix of people that don't know what's going on that do know what's going on challenge beasts people that are just funny to be there like it's so great and everyone's meshing so well so props to you dom thank you Definitely. thank you yeah I'm, I'm glad everybody's able to take the chance and be able to watch it out um it's been a blast to edit uh and up to this point we have three episodes out um but four people have been eliminated spoiler and we, Yep. Spoiler alert from here on out, I guess. Um, So basically what we are looking at is uh, episodes one through three cover the first day of this three day game. And uh, we're going to kind of jump right into it from the start because we do have a lot of ground to cover. And I want to be able to kind of make sure that we touch on all the bases. 
Um, we would love to have Kristen, or I guess we, you know, we, we would love to have the eliminated contestants come on and share their stories. Um, but uh, we weren't able to make that work. But for the future episodes, hopefully we are able to. Um, but yeah, let's hop right into it. Um, Drew, I guess the first question that I have before we even kind of talk about gameplay, um, I brought everybody in onto the mat. We had our blue, uh, Ionia tribe and we have our red cascade tribe and they, uh, you know, came into the game. Was there any immediate standouts for you just based on their opening confessionals that you, you know, had your eye on from the jump? So I think when... I, I think the first thing I watched, because I didn't want to be spoiled on anything that happened in Dearborn. So mm-hmm. I didn't go in and watch the like meet the cast because I didn't want to be spoiled on anything that happened. But um, I think we're kind of past that at this point. I still don't know bit. who wins. I still don't know who wins season four. I blocked okay. that part. Oh, out. good. That's good. good. Um, but yeah, I it's time for me to come out. I am the biggest Tom stan, I think, on the planet. I am obsessed with Tom. I want nothing more than Tom to be a unanimous winner of this season. (laughs) I love Tom. Um, He is such a dork, and I love him so much. Um, He was the first person that jumped out to me on this cast. Um, Other than Tom, Addison jumped out to me right off the bat in the first part of the first episode. Um, who else jumped out to me? Um, of course, Jen and Ryan returning is really fun. Um, Liam, I think maybe didn't immediately jump out to me, but, um, as the episodes have progressed, he's starting to really stand out to me. Um, who Sydney, Sydney was the other person that really stood out to me. So lots of, lots of red. Yeah. A lot of cascade Um, love. It sounds like. Yeah. Those are the people I would say Tom Addison and Sydney are the people that jumped out to me immediately just based on like the intros and like getting to kind of know everybody at camp. Um, those are the three that I've had my eyes on the most. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 going into the season was a very, very weird uh, season to go into for me. I didn't really know how a lot of gameplay would come out, like what the gameplay would even be, I guess, with this, you know, group of people. A lot of them haven't even, you know, heard of Survivor, you know, maybe just heard from word of mouth that we were doing it and came in and played a lot, you know, maybe watched it or knew, knew people here and there that were in it. And so it's a very diverse group of people that, you know, have a varying knowledge in it. Um, and so Matt, I guess, from the camera perspective uh, and somebody who's played before, were there any standouts that you thought, you know, had a good mindset going into it? And I guess also what was your opinion on uh, our two survivor deer worn vets coming back to uh, rewrite their story? Yeah. I think maybe the person that stuck out to me most just story-wise and like what they were talking about in pregame interviews was Mark. He came all the way from Florida. Like he is the number one survivor Dearborn super fan. Like he had the classic, like, Oh, Jeff probes is in front of everyone. And then the super fan says, I can't believe Jeff probes is in front of me. And that's what he did with you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And then you like listen to his interviews and you can tell he's going to do like whatever it takes to get to the end. And it's like, Ooh. that's the type of gameplay that I'm a big fan of because I feel like that's how I like to play during Dearborn. Um, as far as returnees, um, Jen and Ryan, so they were interesting choices to me at first. Ryan, I thought, you know, had a case for it. He had Ryan makes sense. Yeah, he had a disappointing 
season four vote out. He right. played really well season two, and I think he still had a lot of story left to tell. So I, I remember thinking going into it, like I could see him making an impact going far. But Jen, to me, like I told Dom, she was a little bit of a head scratcher. Like yeah. she went out early season one. She went out early went season out early four. Yeah. There wasn't that much to tell. But I will say the other person that's jumped out to me and throughout the first three episodes is Jen. Like yep. she has shown the difference between someone who's played the game and who hasn't like you can tell she knows what's going on. She's taking the strategic reins. She's starting to build a reputation for better or for worse, but like she's really doing a great job driving the story on blue tribe as well as driving this like hidden understory of how this relationship will go with her and her sister Bridget. So like, I think at the beginning, the first episode, there is this like cut between the two giving confessionals about being sisters and like Jen perceived it as like, oh, yeah, we're going to totally work together. And Bridget was like, you know, when it gets to it, it gets to it. We're going to cut each other's throat. So like it's going to be really exciting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, I think that was one of the coolest things about bringing back Jen and Ryan, Uh, more so Jen specifically, because Jen kind of was the I guess for like inspiration to even bring back people like the term was fresh meat and um, it, my original intention was to be able to bring back all these players uh, or bring in a new batch of players to be able to like experience it and um, the more that I she she messaged me like on a random day and was just like Dom like i just started watching survivor for the first time i can't believe how terribly i played season one and season or season four like i need redemption like if you ever do one again and i was like you know what maybe like whatever like played it and then it finally just kind of clicked that um we needed a bridge to be able to bridge survivor dearborn into survivor grand rapids and you kind of see that with a lot of our you know significant others playing from from our survivor dearborn people a lot of their significant others are in the game playing and you know carrying on their legacies and making their own blazing their own trail um but it's really cool to not just only see i guess the production level of things increase but also see how like four years can change somebody's gameplay or not if you're you know ryan (laughs) (laughs) no but But, like jen has like her level of gameplay like right now is like I think it's incredible. Like she is up there with like some of the best that I've seen. Like, Oh, okay. Drew. I have mixed opinions. We can hop into Jen's gameplay in a hot second. Um, Drew, I am curious to know what your thoughts are with having that, uh, underlying relationship with Jen and Bridget in the season. I mean, it happens on reality shows as well. I just finished binging the Traders UK. They had a dating couple who were on and they didn't tell the cast. Um, I mean, we've had blood versus water seasons. You did a blood versus water season of uh, Dearborn. And of course, I mean, in the grand scheme of things for Grand Rapids specifically, I don't know that it's that big of a game changer because you have people coming in who already know each other. Anyways, if you were doing a cast of all strangers to each other and then you brought in a secret sibling pair, then maybe I'd be like, hmm, not sure how I feel about this. But because you have so many pre-existing relationships coming in, plus you have, you know, also Ryan coming in who's played twice. I think I think it's fine. I'm down with it. I wasn't mad at it at all. I, I'm interested to see how it plays out once they end up together, if they end up together at any point in the game. Um, 
I'm interested to see how the dynamics will play out because they're playing very different games. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and watching them play. You know, at least at the beginning in the first three days on their separate tribes, uh, it's it was in the back of my head. How is this sibling pair gonna play out? We have had a variety of siblings that have played together and to varying successes. We had uh, the Iquinella sisters who basically you know ran you know laps around season two cast you had well, the Godin, one of them, one of them yeah. at least <laughs> uh, but the the Godin brothers were meanwhile also running laps at least one of them around the season <laughs> three cast and then you had the divis siblings who were just kind of there uh you know trying their best um and so, the rich siblings and the rich siblings i wasn't going to mention them but they're, <laughs> they're in there as well um so we will see how the lesnow sisters uh play out and if the cast catches on to their little secrets um we will see how that goes. But... Yeah, I'm wondering. My my question about them is, I, obviously Ryan and Jen have that connection, being previous players. But who do the sisters? Who else knows either of the sisters coming into the game? So that's a that's a great question because absolutely nobody really did. Okay. Um, there, I tried to explain it in the edit a little bit uh, to a varying success, I guess. Um, but basically. Uh, we had somebody drop out last minute and, you know, I was looking for somebody and Jen said her sister was, you know, big fan of everything. And so I was like, you know what, shoot my shot. We'll bring Bridget in. Uh, and Bridget was down to do it. She drove out there. She's our youngest contestant on this season at 20. Really? And so she is playing this game with such a maturity that uh, I'm really, really impressed with how, you know, I, I think she maybe had like, less than a week runaround of finding out that she was playing and getting ready mentally to play. So she's been playing very good in my opinion. Um, nobody knows really that Jen had a sister. I, I think like they were four years apart. So when Jen graduated, her sister was coming in as a freshman the next year. So like this whole group like really doesn't know. Um, and I, I think it'll play to their advantage. There's a moment that <laughs> there's a moment that Tom asked uh, Bridget, what her last name was because Bridget said she went to our high school and, and she said her last name she said her last name and Tom just like looks and he goes okay <laughs> like <laughs> to connect any dots there um and uh it's it's a moment that's that's funny in hindsight looking back um at, at how you know easily they were able to play it and nobody even questions it and that's just kind of the mentality that we see not only in this you know in these the early stages of the game, but just as the fresh meat cast and hold, mm. I think very everybody's just very willing to trust. <laughs> I yeah, I'm, I mm -hmm. think we're seeing that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you said you said Bridget was the youngest at twenty. Who's the oldest? Um, I think Liam might be. Liam might be the oldest at twenty five or twenty six. I'm not sure. Tom, one of them are. So much diversity in age. Tom. Well, we try. <laughs> <laughs> we try. Um, but I guess flipping the script back into, uh, you know, going over everything, we kind of went over our big introductions. We had our veterans come back. We had our sibling twist that's under the radar. Nobody really knows what's going on. We had our next twist, which was having the idle clues hidden in the buffs. And that was handled in two very, very different ways. Um, Addison found it on the Cascade tribe and Zoe found it on the Ionia tribe. 
Drew, how did that play out for you? And were you kind of expecting something like that for everything to unfold that way? The moment Zoe found that clue and we got her confessional about it, I was like, this girl is cracked and I love her. Um, I don't know, Dom, if you remember from Survivor LU season one, Addie Grace, she gives me Addie Grace vibes and I love it because you really aren't sure what's going to happen because Zoe to me gives the vibe of like, I don't know how big of a fan of Survivor Zoe is, um, but she gives me the vibe that she thinks she knows what she's doing. But I don't know that she does. I'm interested because I don't know because Red won, uh, lost all those challenges early on. I think Zoe um, probably avoided being one of the first three boots. Um, I'm surprised she was able to recover from that blunder because everybody on her tribe seemed like they were like, okay, yeah, she's she's got to go. But I think I think that Zoe's great TV, and I can't wait to see what come what more comes from her. Um, and then who got it on red? Was it Addison? Addison, yeah, Addison. I mean, everybody knows he has the idol now. I'm. I wanted to say I'm shocked he didn't play it at that last tribal council, but it makes sense when you have a. Or no, no, I don't know. I'm confused with Addison. I love <laughs> Addison, but he confuses me. I don't really know what he's doing. Um, we can we can delve into Addison's brain in uh in a second. Um, but I do want to kind of circle back to Zoe because that was a yes. very very unique way of her finding the idol because I, I think it really does approach like her knowledge of Survivor. She's another person we did used to do uh, day long games of Survivor. They were drinking, you know, you'd go out, you do your drinking challenges. It was a lot of fun. We did a couple seasons of that. Um. Zoe was on one of them and Zoe accidentally volunteered herself because she just straight up said, I'm not good at challenges. And she got, <laughs> and so she got voted out pretty quickly. Um, but she's another one that messaged me like, Dom, I can't believe like Survivor's so good. And so she would like, she's only seen a couple seasons, but the ones that she has, she has very much enjoyed. And I think she, you know, understands the game is not nowhere near a super fan level, but she understands what she needs to do but like also gets caught up in the moment of like what is happening in front of her. And she almost has like a very similar, like super fan charm to her of like, yep. I have a clue. Like what yeah. do I do with this? <laughs> like, you know, like I, I think it's, uh, she's one of our, she's one of my favorite people on the cast and she brings such like a good charm to it. I, I like her energy it. a lot. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. very high energy so far. And then, yeah, then we have, uh, so she opens up the clue in front of everybody. Uh, Mark sees it over her shoulder, and that was a bonding moment over on Iona's tribe. Mark shares that information with Ryan, uh, tall Ryan, blue tribe Ryan. I don't know how we're going to call him uh, for at least this podcast. Um, and then Taylor, so blue tribe Taylor as well. Really doing me a favor, Mark, making these alliances. <laughs> yeah. uh, um but uh, that was kind of our first introduction to uh, gameplay, I feel like, at Ionia. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew, how do you think that dynamic at least started? And, you know, what were your thoughts on it? Ionia, I guess Matt can probably shed more light on this, or Dom, since you have all the footage. Ionia, yeah. the, first, the first episode, I was just kind of like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, because it starts off, obviously, Taylor finds this clue or sorry, Zoe Zoe. finds this clue, shares it with a couple people, but also, like, everybody knows. And 
I don't know. I feel like since that first episode, we haven't really gotten a ton of like, well, Zoe found this clue and like didn't mm-hmm. share it with us yeah. because everybody knew she had it. So she probably should have shared it considering everybody knew she had it, but she chose not to, which I thought was an interesting decision. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So the first couple of episodes of on Ionia, I just I think I was struggling a little bit to figure out exactly where everybody was. And I think that makes sense because they didn't have to strategize. Yeah, it, it really was a big kind of spectrum of who's playing and who's not. You have a handful of people that really aren't playing on at all. Like you have you have Kyle, uh, you have Spencer, you have Hannah. They are and Brendan. They're all kind of just like hanging out together, like kumbaya type thing. Then you kind of have Zoe and the girl alliance of Jen, yep. um, Juliana, and even Hannah, I guess a little bit. And they're all kind of you know trying to make things work. And then you have Mark, Taylor, and Ryan, uh, and Jen and Taylor. Jen is kind of going in between that. So that's kind of the the layout of Ionia at least up until this point. And so Zoe actually did end up sharing the idol clue with the girls uh, in an effort to kind of you know bridge that girl alliance that has sure. been so successful this season. Um, and it's, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. We kind of saw the first, uh, casualty of that at the last tribal council, but going into that challenge, the first challenge, you had to cut open the bags and she, they just got outplayed heavily Mm -hmm. in finding that position. And so that was, that was something really cool because it all happened, you know, during like that, that, that strategizing session. And I didn't think I had the footage and then my, my wonderful crew decided to record, you know, everything. And uh, I found the footage and it, it's, it's just so funny the way that they're able to like manipulate it, Matt, what was yeah, it like? I, I think kind of to answer your question, Drew, because I was like thinking back to how I felt the dynamics were these first couple episodes. And I felt like blue tribe had a, a lot of potential. They do have a lot of potential, but there was really two people that were like driving that potential. Like, Mark initially like the survivor super fan he is thinking 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 what's all these possibilities going on in his head will that help him will that hurt him will that draw a target we'll have yet to see but like he's really the one that took this idea of stealing this idol clue of bringing these boys talking to these important people like Ryan and then Jen on the other side of things kind of a similar vibe of like I'm fighting for myself and I'll do whatever it takes to like really you know, make that impact. You could argue she's playing too hard too early. You could argue she's establishing these relationships now that will help her to the end of the game. But like these two people right now are really driving this strategy that's going on and, you know, grouping these people and deciding like who are the weaker links, who are the people they want to keep in their alliance. I think Ryan is a very interesting player right now too. Because He's got a lot of potential. He's got he's got a lot of thoughts up there in his head, and you can tell that. He's you can tell he's guy. trying to piece things together, but hasn't quite figured out with the group the best way to do that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good uh, estimation of him, and I'm I'm excited to see how his story continues to go and what Dom does. But yeah, that yeah. that's kind of how I was viewing it. But we will see more characters develop for sure. Yeah. So yeah, the Ionia tribe is a really interesting dynamic just because they, you know, have been winning the most of, you know, almost all the challenges. Uh, flipping over to Cascade, who may be one of our most unlucky tribes. 
in, and still one of my favorites in the series. Yeah, exactly. Um, they just have a very unique like dynamic um, because they are kind of like this kumbaya tribe of like you know harmony and everything, and yet they always like have to vote somebody out, and it's it's always a group consensus. Nobody is looking for alliances. No one's trying. Like they're just trying to find who everybody is okay with going and nobody is okay with going on that tribe unless you're Kristen. Um, yes. But basically I guess Addison grabs the idol in front of everybody uh, after the challenge and everybody sees him and he brings it back and he, you know, he's held it for the last two episodes, um, which is a really, really interesting move, not just from him, but also the rest of his tribe, not trying to do anything with it. Um, Drew, what were your thoughts about that? Good for him. You know, (laughs) if he can do all that without the target being put on him, which we see, you know, that it eventually is good for him. I mean, I think the thing with, with that tribe, with the Cascade tribe in particular, is because that tribe has so many personalities on it that people can get away with a lot more. Whereas you see on Ionia, people trying to be sneaky, people like Jen trying to play both sides are getting caught on to because people are, I don't know. I feel like the blue tribe is being a lot more observant, whereas the red tribe, like you said, is being a lot more kumbaya. So people can get away with a lot more on that Mm -hmm. tribe. Um, And even when they had the opportunity to to make that move later on against Addison, they were like, no, 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 we're not. Yeah. I feel like I was thinking about this, like if I could so far describe Addison as a character, he's kind of like Peter Parker, maybe Spider-Man of like, he gets hit with the Ben quote of like, with great power comes great responsibility. He has this idol, like that's big for him, but like, is he going to take it to the next level? Like use it to create some good gameplay, get someone out that he needs to, or is he going to let it get to his head a little bit? Like we see in, in episode three, he's already like, should I play it? Should I not? What's going on? There was like no target on his back. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Personally, I don't see either of those things happening. I don't see him letting it go to his head, but I also don't see see him using it to leverage his game up anymore. Um, I genuinely think he's either going to get voted out with it in his pocket or he's just going to successfully use it because he's going to be warned. Um, I haven't seen the strategy from him yet necessarily to be led to believe that he is going to use it smartly mm-hmm. outside of just actually saving himself with it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's... then again, this is a complete disclaimer. Y'all, the only live game I ever played, I was first boot in. So <laughs> what do I know? It's, it's quite the interesting comparison when you look at both Ionia and Cascade, I think going into that season, uh, Ionia had the most people that had at least seen Survivor before, and Cascade had the most people that had not seen Survivor before. Which makes sense from what we And it's, it's really funny. Somebody that I – one of my favorites to at least get the perspective of what's going on over at Cascade is Claire. Because Claire, at least on mm-hmm. one episode, was like, yeah, everybody's just, like, throwing out names and, like, with no regard to, like, who's standing around them. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, like, did you see Tom over there? Did you see, like, so-and-so? Like, and it's just – it's kind of like the wild west over at cascade of just, you know, 
hope you don't get hit by a stray bullet. Of- it also feels like at Cascade, everybody's name is being said, and then everyone is going to the person whose name is being said and telling them that their mm-hmm. name is being said, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. And the best part about it is most of the time they aren't doing anything about it. They're just kind of like doubling down on going for somebody else. Yep. Like it's, it's like, I mean, I guess it's the worst part about it, but you know, we saw with Kristen, Kristen basically just, you know, volunteered herself. Uh, I, I do really appreciate her coming out and playing and from a host level, it makes it so much easier having to snuff the first torch. If they don't want to be there, I still think we had a really good dynamic going into that, that episode because it did kind of drop a lot of um, still discussions uh, and kind of showed where the alliances are, are at least starting to form. Yeah. And then we saw Ryan get injured in episode two and he was just kind of a mercy kill as well. Okay. Was Ryan actually okay? Or was he just pretending he was okay to not be voted out? I think both. I think he was actually like he, you know, once he kind of like everything, you know, came back to him and he kind of understood like where he was at like in the game not like you know fatigued like you know (laughs) like concussed where he was at uh but once he like kind of came back and like understood um that he's his name might be out there and people are perceiving him uh he just tried to like over like tell people he was okay which just came off more overly like guys no i'm i'm fine right (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's fine so it was a really interesting dynamic with ryan coming back into the game um so that was that was like more of a consensus vote as well and i think the first time we truly see that divide is with teo and claire in episode three uh and the the interesting thing drew you kind of brought up like you know, it seems like everybody's name is out there and people keep coming back to it. But there's a few people whose names aren't out there. And it's like Liam, Sydney, and Bridget. And they're all yep. kind of just like, nobody's touching them. Well, and, and Tom, I will say. So Tom's name obviously was brought up in the first episode. Tom's name was brought up in the which first Which I was episode. not happy about because if I was going to have another winner pick be first boot in your series, <laughs> Dom, I was going to close my lap. <laughs> um, but... We see people mention in episodes two and three, people like say like, well, what about Tom? And then other people immediately being like, no, we're not doing that. Yep. Tom. Somehow Tom has completely re, re, I don't know, whatever the word is. Mm-hmm. He's, he's put himself in a good position on his tribe, which I love to see. People are looking around Tom, which I'm loving. Yeah. That is one of my favorite things about Tom as a player. Uh, Drew, you kind of used the adjective dorky to describe Tom's gameplay. And I might agree with you a little bit. I think he, he, you can see the gears turning in his head on how to play the game. He had absolutely no knowledge of Survivor. He showed up on Thursday night before we started filming. We threw on a Survivor episode and he watched maybe the first 20 minutes of it and was like, Oh, so that's what I'm about to do for the next three days. And the way that you like after that first reward challenge where he just gets his bottle knocked off and he, you can just see like, I need to step it up. And, you know, he's got the focus, he's got the speed (laughs) and he is one of the first people to start an alliance with Sydney and Liam and note that like, Hey guys, like we came from Detroit, like we know each other. Let's at least start off with this. And that's been kind of the voting block that has, gone through cascade at least throughout this first couple episodes um i'm not sure if that translated that well on the screen when that alliance was 
officially formed and presented to the viewers, I texted Dom and said, these three people being in alliance together is literally a dream for me. Yeah. I hope that Sydney, Bridget, and Tom can write it out as long as possible. And I hope that that's the final three. And then Tom wins unanimously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was a really interesting alliance to kind of form because um, like that group, at least like the most of them had not watched survivor before. And mm. the grand rapids people of all people are just getting picked off one by one. And they've been, you know, hanging out with me for the last couple of months. I don't know why they weren't. <laughs> Come taking on, Tom. So, so it was really kind of cool to see how the game, you know, came to develop over at cascade and it did become more of like, a kumbaya on the surface and mm-hmm. anybody that wasn't catching on to it was, you know, just being picked lower on the totem pole. Um, and unfortunately on episode three, I think Teo was on the chopping block for it, that. It's so amazing to me, like looking back, cause I didn't experience red tribe that much. Like I got to give a shout out to Liam for these first three episodes, yes. because like he echoed something in the first episode about like confidence, like whoever's not confident, we're getting out. And then, like, later on, you hear, like, one or two people, like, echo that same word. Like, I think Claire has a confession where she's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, Christian just just didn't look too confident in that challenge. I'm like, oh, my gosh, these people are, like, buying into Liam's rhetoric. Like, he is the biggest man out there by far. No one's intimidated by him. He's just able to bring everyone together and, as a group, like, pick out who it is. So, like, I'm impressed by him so far his ability to stay under the radar or be protected by his alliance, but still control the vote. Yeah. Liam, Liam is really impressing me. I mean, I expected for him to be a good physical competitor, but his social game is really impressive to me. We saw, especially in episode three with him moving group to group, person to person, uh, trying to figure out, are we going to do Claire? Are we going to do Teo? Are we going to take this shot at Addison? And then I think, I mean, I don't think we really saw in the edit whose call it was officially to not make the move against Addison, but that felt like a Liam thing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very impressed with Liam. Liam, um, in my opinion, is probably playing the best game on the Cascade Tribe at the moment, but... We'll see what's yeah. to come. And I, I think it's a good point that he's such a big guy and clearly he's smart um, as well. And people aren't perceiving him as a threat yet. I'm interested to see as we get closer to a swap or a merge, what might happen with him because eventually people are going to be like, hold on, we can't, we can't let <laughs> this, this guy's guy four feet taller than me. <laughs> yeah. We, we can't let this guy steamroll through the whole game. It, to answer your question. Yeah. It, it, I left it out of the edit, but it was a Liam call, but it was more like a joint, Liam, Sydney, kind of Tom call. Like they were entertaining it quite a bit. Um, and I think what Liam was trying to do was, you know, at least put the feelers out for, you know, Claire, Teo to like latch on. And then when the timing was right, he'd go over to Addison, tell him about the idol, maybe flush an idol with it. And um, then he went back to Claire, I believe, like right before the vote and was like, hey, like Addison plan isn't really going come to fruition. Uh, you're on the chopping block. (laughs) And so that was when Claire kind of like panicked and went straight back to like the tail vote. And so the tail vote, I, I, I'm still kind of confused on it. I think it was just a matter of perception. Um, People perceived him to be very, very close with Taylor. Um, Despite tail kind of multiple times, the previous episode targeting her, 
I think people just, you know, automatically grouped Grand Rapids people together. And Teo and Taylor are very close outside of the show. But I think Teo, at least, came in with a blank slate and was actively trying to work with people. I can share behind the scenes if this is, you know, you want to hear a fun kind of double down story that really didn't make the cut, not just because I didn't make any, have enough footage, I guess, for it. But um, Sydney actually pitched Tom to Claire. And uh, I, I think that was more like a, a pitch, just trying to like, you know, get the, get the dirt off of Claire, like maybe keep her calm if she was going out. Claire then goes to Teo, says, Sydney is throwing out Tom's name if we want to go Tom. Teo goes to Tom and says, Tom, Sydney and Claire are trying to get you out. Tom goes to Sydney and goes, are you trying to get me out? Sydney's like, no, Teo's lying. And that just doubled down on Teo. That's so messy. And so it was, it was a very, very messy, messy thing that I couldn't, I couldn't put the pieces together. And it was just kind of like, irrelevant because tom's name wasn't actually like on the chopping block at all but um Mm -hmm. it really kind of just doubled down on teo after tom got information that teo was targeting him so it was it wasn't really a tom call but it was more like liam and sydney managing where everybody was going to be happy i guess yeah um so that was kind of the the discourse from the last episode um from episode three uh, we did have a very, very big blow up at uh, not blow up, I guess, but big strategy sessions over at Ionia. Um, Drew, were you able to follow that or do you need some uh, some clarity on what the Ionia Boys and Girls Alliance were cooking up? OK, so from my understanding, I I tried to keep up, but I was very I was not doing good with names on Ionia. Um, so obviously we have the Girls Alliance. I think the guys kind of naturally were like, okay, the girls are together. Like, we're together. Yeah. And then Jen is like, but what if we didn't do that? But then the girls caught on to it. I'm, and then past that point, past them catching on to Jen trying to play both sides, I think I got a little confused because Taylor's somewhere in there. Yep. So basically, what we had going on before we went into the challenge was, um, we had this boys and girls alliance and the girls were just, you know, openly talking about it in front of Taylor and Taylor's obviously, you know, in cahoots with Ryan and Mark. And so she is meanwhile feeding all this information to, you know, Ryan and Mark, they want to go for Kyle and she's telling Kyle about it. So Kyle is in the loop somehow. Um, And meanwhile, Jen is trying to branch off from the girls alliance and create a like subtle alliance with Ryan because Ryan has the idol. Meanwhile, Jen also has Zoe in her back pocket and Juliana is starting to catch on that, you know, Jen's going off with so-and-so for a long time. Taylor's going off with so-and-so Taylor's throws in a big lie about a idol clue, even though Zoe's clue very clearly says that there's an idol at the challenge. Mm -hmm. And, but like no one bats an eye. Taylor says like Ryan said that it was a clue that had a water droplet on it. And Juliana just goes, yeah, he lied to you. Like, this is what, and Taylor's like, I don't know. Like it's, it's a very, very messy situation because it's, it's almost like they just went stir crazy and they weren't able to figure out what was happening until they actually lost. And once they actually lost um, the divide started out with the girls going for Kyle and the guys going for Hannah because Hannah uh, is from Grand Rapids and 
told I the Cascade tribe that she was really close with Addison and Taylor and Tao on the other tribe. Um, you know, just naturally in conversation outside of the game, like she just told them not thinking anything of it. You know, mm-hmm. then you have people like Mark who take that and run with it. <laughs> told everybody on the tribe that Hannah was, you know, strategizing, but also Hannah had a back injury. So it yes. was kind of easy to pin a vote on her. Um, and so there was kind of like a standoff right there. And so the girls realized that they weren't winning that standoff and just offered Taylor as like kind of collateral and was like, Hey guys, which makes sense until you realize that half of the guys are in an alliance with, with Taylor. Taylor. Yep. Yeah. It's so funny that girls Alliance was like what was spoken the most, but it's so clear that there's a much stronger and closer boys Alliance. <laughs> yeah. And well, that was like, that's one of the funniest things to me is that Mark is so meta in like his knowledge of survivor that he is very clearly like trying to like deflect like any angst that may come his way about you know going against a girl alliance he's like they're they're doing it first like we did you know and he's (laughs) he keeps like bringing this up and it seems like he's more worried than like anybody that you know there's a girls alliance and they're coming for the guys even though the girls are just very obviously like it's just kyle come on like yeah literally it's kyle what is Anyways, we can go into what the Rat King's got up his sleeve. <laughs> I'm Kyle. I'm confused. Kyle is one of my favorite people to come and play the show. Um, the fact that he's made it through three day or I guess they three episodes is what I was saying. Um, mm. He it, it's a miracle. He has come and played my day long version twice and probably didn't make it past the first hour both times. Um, because he, it's not that social from what he says. Yeah. Um, and I, Kyle is also the type of person that opens up the longer, you know, sure. He gets comfortable okay. with people around him and seeing him kind of go into night one, um, surviving the vote and actually kind of like playing the game. And we see that at the start of episode three, when a light bulb clicks in his head and he realizes like, there's two alliances right now. I could be the vote breaker from what he says. And in survivor mm-hmm. terms, you know, he could be the, you know, the vote split and they're the swing vote. And he, it, it he's kind of like learning this game on his own terms. And it's a really interesting gameplay that he's yeah. doing. I don't know. Is, if he a, there's... is he a survivor fan? No. Okay. He makes, and... he makes bird bass in his free time. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't tell if he was a survivor fan or not, because I can tell he's thinking. And that's I, what I, 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 he's just not like doing no, he he's very, very reserved with everything. And one of my he's another one that I love having behind the scenes. He the camera people have to fix him every time. He'll be like, yeah, we just got back from the confessional. And like he's talking about tribal council, like <laughs> and he doesn't know the terms. He, he's like the immunity That's items funny. like he's kind of like learning the game on his own. And it's kind of like Tom in the same sense, but just two different spectrums both are Mm -hmm. learning the game and how they're going to maneuver through it um and tom was the obvious vote because you know he's going off looking for idols up by himself and kyle's the obvious vote because he's not talking to anybody Mm -hmm. and so seeing both of them at least survive day one was really exciting for me because i was like all right we got two wild cards in our in our midst and seeing how that plays out um but going back into like what the episode happened in episode three with the Ionia boys and girls team, um, they kind of offered Taylor up as a, you know, ca- like a, a casualty vote. Um, and it picked up some traction for quite a bit. 
until, you know, I, I believe it was Ryan kind of just put his foot down and was like, I'm voting Hannah. And um, yeah. then Hannah came out and was like, guys, I can't. And um, I do want to give credit where credit is due for Hannah. Um, I, she is, I, I, I predicted her to be in my top three for, um, you know, the season and the, sure. just strictly based on her physical presence um, and being able to like be a strong person, but also being very, very strong loyally to like the people that she was working with. I think she would have unfortunately been the vote out on this episode anyway, but I think, I think that would have been a very, very big miscalculation and a big, big error for a lot of the people on Ionia because she is a very, very good ally to have. Um, And to keep players around like Mark and Taylor that, you know, and Jen that are very, very obviously like under the radar to keep someone as straightforward as Hannah. And we'll tell you how she sees it is, you know, something very very powerful to have so um though i remember she we were getting ready for tribal council and she just like looked at me and i could see like the pain in her eyes and she knew how much like this season meant to me and i knew how much it meant to her and for her to she kind of just like shook her head and i was like it's okay hannah like i'll like we'll we'll handle it at tribal like we'll do it in a good way because she was about to like sleep on that you know porch Right. On that cement with a bad back. And I do want to note, Hannah has been to the doctor twice for her back within the last like couple months and it still has yet to heal. So she's a champ and it was really, really tough for me to see her go out the way that she did because I knew she would have been a, a force in the game. Yeah, so. I was I was really shocked. I mean, obviously Hannah's name had been brought up in the strategizing and I had no idea which way that tribal was going to go. Um, and when, when she did say like, yeah, like I, I, I can't do it. I was genuinely shocked and I was, I was not happy for her or for, yeah. obviously you don't want to have anybody, you know, not quit. She didn't quit, but like she had to go. Yeah. That um, was, that was, sucks. that was what I, I mean, survivor Dearborn is no stranger to volunteers. Um, and I really wanted her to know that like, this was not in any case, this was probably our first medevac. I guess, elimination that we've had yeah. um, in our season. And so her having to like go out on those terms was really, really tough. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. And the game, I guess, moves on because Ionia didn't have to like, you know, draw any lines at that tribal ca- council. Cascade didn't get any information from them. Um, so the lines are still kind of blurred on both ends of, of you know, who's with who. Um, so Moving forward, Drew, I mean, we kind of like grazed over a lot of uh, episode one. Um, I actually have three three questions that I typed out for you that we haven't hit yet. Number one, I want to know how far these camps are from each other, because I feel like sometimes we're seeing we're seeing camp footage. And then it's just like, oh, there's Dom strolling in the background. Like, is he going to set up a challenge? Like, how far were they from each other and from the challenge locations? So it's it's just one massive property. Um, Blue tribe, Ionia tribe was in the front yard and Cascade was more in the back left of the property. Uh, we ran most of our challenges on the back right of the property next to like the big barn where I did my big opening speech. Um, Blue tribe did have a porch, uh, but red tribe also had a big gazebo in the back. We let them use. 
Um, it's uh, the way that I run my live games. It's not so much about the survival aspect of it. It already means enough that they're coming outside and willing to like try <laughs> to, <Yeah. laughs> to sleep outside. A lot of these people, like that's the first battle to even get them to like sign on. Uh, is having them sleep outside. So if, yep. you know, I have to give them some shelter or give them some food here or there. Um, that leads into my next question. I yeah. think you already know what it is. Yeah. Why well, do these people get so much food? So it's it's one of my rules, I guess, loose term rules is um, they get three luxury items. And so going into the season, I would just kind of say like, yeah, a lot of people typically bring a pillow. A lot of people typically bring a blanket or a sleeping bag. And then people, you know, bring like food or something like or you know, liquor apparently some people <laughs> some people do bring liquor this was also a first uh but this season i guess everybody you know just took it with stride and brought like went to costco right before and packed like a whole ton of food um they did win challenges here and there about food of course uh, with like, food. i think i think it was great that you had uh for the double tribal that you had first tribe gets uh, three pizzas, beer, and ice cream. Second tribe just gets their two pizzas. But I'm yeah. like, they've been eating all day. They don't need it. It's 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 definitely like, uh, I think that's the way. I that feel I, like, I what? think a, a way to describe this to help you like with the frame of reference is what separates Grand Rapids and Dearborn from other live reality games is like you have this group of people for the most part that are not super fans of survivor at sure. all. Like you were taking people who are friends and of some way of people of the crew and we're bringing them all together and we're just rerunning this like first season of survivor, like the actual sure. show over and over again. So as a way to get them to come out, we're not going to like say like you have to sleep outside and you have to start. No like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. no, and I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I figured that was going to be the answer, yeah. but like, I, I was like, there's so much food here. Like these people are like, yay, we're getting pizza. Yay. We're getting ice cream. I'm like, you've been eating all day. What do you mean? <laughs> they chow down on that crispy rice. Like no other for like, that's, that's the food that they get them. Um, I was honestly surprised by the amount of food that we had. Um, like I'm looking at the footage and I'm editing it and Ionia has a full freaking like kitchen in their front porch. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, well maybe we might skimp out a little bit next season on the food rewards. But um, yeah, like kind of Matt said, the whole experience, the way that I approach the live games, it's not really about the survival aspect of it. Right. It's not about aspect, authenticity. It's yeah. About it's, I mean, you're never going to get, I mean, a three day game is just about as equivalent of surviving on this new 26 day game. In my opinion, that Jeff yeah. Probst presents with us, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's more about the characters and it's more about the dynamic of the gameplay that I like to focus on. And so yeah. um, I don't want, I've, I've done it before, like season four, you're going to see when you watch survivor Dearborn season four, people were dying like on the last day, just because of, you know, the pure heat and exhaustion. And the last thing that I wanted to Good. do was kill my first cast back in four years. So um, <laughs> I already had a back injury. I don't need a, you know, <laughs> dehydration. Right. Well, and a head injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, my last question that I had written down that we haven't hit on at all is I want to know about pre-gaming. So there was very, very little pre-gaming uh, going on. Um, we do, I can break down just who knows Probably each the other. the least pre-gaming of any Dearborn season. I don't necessarily need to know who knows each other because I yeah. think they discuss it a little bit, but I just didn't know if anybody had come in with plans, active plans to 
work together. So I think the only people that did come in with active plans would be the Lesnau sisters because Jen gave me Bridget's number and uh, (laughs) they both knew that they were playing, but I was pretty clear with them. Like you guys are going to be on separate tribes. Like don't talk like game at all. Like until like the cameras are rolling. I want it like authenticity with everything. And they both respect survivor enough to give me that. I seriously don't think that they talked until like at like after the show, they didn't talk about real life until after the show. And they first finally were able to like hug his sisters and it was just, Mm -hmm. they took it seriously from the moment they stepped out of their cars. uh, They were very, very in the zone and kind of knew what they had to do. And were playing up that persona. Um, Everybody else, I'm sure Claire and Juliana spoke. They had a five hour car ride. So that's, that's another thing. Like I, I, I was, so I live here in Cincinnati with Juliana and Claire, Juliana, my fiance, Mm-hmm. Juliana and Claire live like eight houses down from me. And so I like told them, I was like, yeah, you're not allowed to pregame, no pregaming, Don says no pregaming, blah, 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 blah. But like knowing like, oh, like they're going to talk. Of and course. then like, I'm, I'm talking to them on the car ride and they're like, no, we're not talking. Like, no, you said we're not allowed. We're not allowed. So like people really took that seriously. Yeah, this was, it was a very, very interesting group of how like, like they interacted. And even in Grand Rapids, like I would even in Grand Rapids, it was it was tough to even like not pregame. Like I would sit down and show them like Survivor. I'd be like, guys, like this is what we're going to be doing. And like even watching Survivor, they'd just be like, huh, OK. And like no talk whatsoever about how they're going to play the game, like anything. So it was a very interesting dynamic to see play out. And I think the first time that, you know, it was even spoken on camera, like, hey, we're from the same place. We should work together was when Tom uh Sydney and Liam kind of like came together and we're like, we should stick together at least for the first couple rounds as Detroiters. Um, so the pre-gaming was very, very minimal this season. Um, another question, I guess I kind of just thought of, um, how did you, how did you access your cast? Like, how did you pull your cast? So the, one of the big things uh, that I really wanted to kind of like touch on, on the season um, was a big driving force for this season was I just wanted to come together and bring everybody together. It's been four years since we did our last one. And mm-hmm. I have done, uh, you know, I've, I've gained a whole new group of friends um, and I wanted to be able to share these memories with these friends um, that we've been talking about with the Dearborn people for so long. And when I kind of like first introduced it to, you know, Matt, Charlie, Noah, like my, my production crew, um, you know, they, they wanted their significant others to be a part of it as well and be able to like share that experience, which I thought something was like really, really special. So they were kind of like my first go-to people. And from that point on, it just kind of like spread out. Um, I got a bunch of people from Grand Rapids. I kind of like filtered that down. Um, by the end, by the time we ended up airing a bunch of our Grand Rapids people either had to like, couldn't make it work. So, um, we had, half a cast of that and then from that point on it was just like hey does anybody i had a girl drop out anybody have somebody and my my casting crew would go out and find somebody for me to you know to replace it That's and awesome. the willingness that a lot of these people were able to take uh not just on you know coming out and playing survivor but on me and you know making you know the whole project come to fruition was really really humbling and that was one of my favorite parts of the weekend was having all the cast of new faces because I know everybody, 
um, to varying degrees. So this was really like a, an experience for me to be able to, you know, grow with these, these people as well and strengthen my relationships with them. So it was, I couldn't have done it without my, my crew and helping it. But uh, if we do a season two, um, expect to expect to see some new fresh faces on there as well. I'm, I'm excited. We got a lot of interest if we're able to make it happen. Um, if. Oh, big if. I would love to see more. Yes. Uh, but Drew, any other questions? I do really want to kind of dive into uh, the thing that we used to do with Survivor LU um, and kind of naming our power players. I know we typically went week by week. And okay. Okay. I, you know what I'm talking about? I, I do. I do. So, Matt, what we used to do on uh, Survivor LU, which was Drew's, um, Drew and I's podcast that we used to cover, um, and each week we would kind of name our top three players. Um, our third place player would receive one point. Our second place would receive three, and our third place would receive five. That- we can do it that way. We did three, two, right? one, but oh, it doesn't three, really two, matter. One. Let's do it that way. Three, two, one. And so by the end of the season, we kind of had a tally of who our power players were throughout the each week and who had the best weekend going on. Um, but because we missed uh, season, like the, the first three episodes, unfortunately, I believe Kristen, Ryan, Teo, and Hannah are out of the running for that. Um, but let's just do a top three performances of day one. Can uh, I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Okay, so is this ranking, is this based on what I've seen so far or of where I project them in the end? Because This like, is based on the episodes. What you've seen so okay. far. This okay. is how the players have played up to this point. To win the game? <laughs> like, for, like, I keep this thinking is about, who like, you think, based on Based on day one. Who had the strongest one through performance? Three, who is doing the best? Okay. Okay. Um, so so it's, I, it is kind of a balance. Yeah. Drew, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Kind of show are we us? starting with number one or number three? Let's start with number three. Oh, I should have thought before I volunteered. Um, okay. Number three. You know, I'm going to go with someone. No, I can't do that. I have to go with Tom for number three. Okay. I was going to put Tom at two, but I don't think I can justify doing that. Um, so Tom is <clears throat> my number three. From him being a target in the first episode to being basically the central figure of his tribe right now, where it's kind of him and Liam separately, but also together making the decisions. Nobody's looking at Tom. Um, When Tom's name is brought up, it's deflected by not himself, but by other people. I think it's great. Plus, I love Tom, so... If I can get Tom in a top three, I will. And I think that it's quite justified for me to put Tom at the third best player of day one. I, I'm I'm not contesting that at all either. I think I'm I, contesting that. I think I Well, think you can be wrong, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um Matt, do you have yours picked yet or uh I I think number three I would go with Bridget. I think Bridget's doing a really strong performance. She's not like in the tight Liam, Sydney, Tom group, but I think she's holding her own and still driving votes outside of that. So I've been really impressed with her and I would put her as three. All right. I think my number three is, um, I think Ryan, Ryan uh, T, big Ryan, the only Ryan left in the game at this point. Um, and he, the only reason I put him is because he has been able to play 
very, very under the radar, despite having an idol and his size. Somehow the idol has still been kind of kept under wraps and nobody has really explicitly talked about it. Um, and people still actively want to work with him. He has Jen coming to him with plans for the girls tribe. Mark is feeding him information. Taylor is feeding Taylor. him information. Mm -hmm. And even Juliana is starting to kind of like get into that territory of, you know, wanting to start conversations with him, at least wanting to be on the same page with him for that first vote out um, of Hannah. So um, I think Ryan kind of came out swinging. He's very, very quiet when it comes to confessionals and he doesn't really share a lot that's on his mind. But like we kind of talked about, he his brain's working. I think Ryan has almost Ryan was my other consideration for third place. Um, he's giving me Danny Boatwright season 11 energy where you can tell he's thinking clearly he's a physical threat. He has a lot going on, but it's very quiet to the cameras and other people aren't catching on to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's done enough. And to move on, I would slot him into my two spot. I feel like he's done enough that separates him from the other boys on Ionia. So like, even though like maybe Spencer, Brendan, Kyle, or well not Kyle but Spencer and Brendan are also kind of under the radar they haven't done as much creating of like vote out so mm -hmm. I would put them too yeah uh, my number two speaking of under the radar if there's one thing Dom knows about me it's that I stand an under the radar female my number two is Sydney I think that Sydney is playing a great under the radar game. No one is looking to vote her out. Clearly she's physically strong. She's in a solidified alliance. I I don't think anybody's thrown her name out at all up to this point. Um I think she has a good head on her shoulders. Like I said, she's a physical threat. Um will people catch on to that? I think people typically catch on to male physical threats a lot faster than they um, lock on to the female ones. I think Sydney has a great chance. I don't know that I see a ton of winner potential in her at this moment, but I see easily, I think she can coast to merge at minimum. Um, I, I know Dom, from what I've gathered, tends to prefer maybe larger merges. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I like small merges, but um, I think I think that Sydney could easily coast assuming she's not swap screwed um, in a situation, I think she can coast emerge, win a couple challenges and ride that alliance out, maybe make in game. I'm liking Sydney right now. Yeah. I think that's a very, very fair, um, fair pick. Sydney has been in a ton of conversation with, um, with, with who she's got uh, like on, on the, what she's able to work with, at least on cascade. Uh, she's able to kind of deflect everything Um I don't really get to see, at least from an editing perspective, I don't really get to see a lot of where her strategy is. Um, but I do really get to see her social game uh, just through the footage and seeing who she's talking to and the information that she's able to get out of everybody. Um, but for number two, I want to I want to give a shout out and go for Liam. I think Liam has played a really strong day one in the best way that he can. Um, he's got a lot of people coming to him for votes and – He's dictating, you know, a lot of them, but still seems to be behind the scenes. Nobody has really thrown out his name just yet um, mm. on what he's doing. And he's had some great challenge performances. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's kind of been the ax. Uh, he's been the executioner, the butcher of uh, Cascade. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just sending everybody home 
uh, smile on his face, and that's showbiz, baby. So I think yeah. Liam Liam had a really really strong performance, and what solidified it for me was this last episode where he was able where he was talking to Teo, talking to Claire, and talking to Addison, and being a part of each one of their blind sides, mm-hmm. and yet talking to them like. It was just, you know, a meetup at brunch the next day. So I do think he's making himself to be somewhat of a threat and his, he's not really doing a lot to help his perception on the other tribe, um, how he may prove himself. But at the same time, I don't really think he can do a whole ton there just based on his sheer size and ability. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Liam has a lot of upside here. I think it's very rare. You know, when you go into these live games, you can kind of tell like, okay, this is like, you know, kind of a nerdy person who's going to be really good at puzzles. This is the physical person who's going to be good at challenges. Oh, this is the social person. Mm -hmm. And Liam, I think Liam has all three. Um, And it's just a matter of a, time bomb of when is everybody else going to figure that out but they haven't yet which is why i put liam at one while so while we're talking about liam i have him at my number one um yeah i think he is gonna have an uphill battle when it comes to a swap or a merge but at the moment liam is running his tribe and he's not running it in the way that someone for instance charlie ran his tribe um in season two of dearborn where it's like in your face everyone is going to liam liam's not having to go to people because people are coming to him and people haven't caught on to that yet so i'm totally happy putting liam as my number one and i totally agree with you i also put him as number one with these three episodes exact same reasons i think sydney would be right up like right up against it honorable honorable mention but i want to see her start to take a little more control and like instead of listening to Liam be the one that people are listening to. So if I start to see that, I might slot Sydney into number one, just because she is more under the radar. Uh, My number one is a little bit different. And I think it's a really, really out there. Number one, especially, but I'm only really going based on how day one is going. Um, I'd hate to shaft my under the radar girls. Uh, Sydney is somebody that I wanted to put on as well as, uh, Juliana, I thought Juliana has had a really good read um, on a lot of things going on on her tribe, but the only person that seems to be actively doing things on Ionia and seems to be getting away with it is Mark. Um, and Mark mm. has forged a lot of alliances. Uh, we will see how that plays out on day two, but he's formed a lot of alliances and has done a lot of information sharing and has yet to be caught with any of it. Um, he, This most recent episode, he went from hating Juliana and wanting her out to being her best friend and wanting to vote with her and Ryan. And I think he's talked to Jen a ton, um, you know, can't vote out the people that had to fly there. And uh, he's, he, he knows the game in a really good way. Um, and I think the only person that would have wholly benefited from Hannah going out would be him. Um, and so the fact that, you know, Hannah was going out anyway, because of her back, um, the fact that he was kind of on board, um, from behind the scenes and, you know, but willing to listen to the girl's perspective of who they wanted to go out yeah. and entertaining the Taylor vote. Um, it shows a lot of control in that gameplay. There's a great throwaway line from Spencer when he's talking to all the girls in C- episode three, where they're talking about, well, we want Kyle and Spencer throws out like, Oh yeah, Mark doesn't want Kyle to go. And just with that quick line, you can tell like Mark is latching on to the fact that, Kyle doesn't really know what's going on and would be yeah. a great number to stick with the boys. Yeah. So I think, I think 
there he it, day two is going to be a really big test for him uh, to see if he's able to manage those um, those twists and turns that the game has. And we haven't really been able to see a ton from him, but what he's been able to do without even having him going to tribal is a really good base to have. Yes. Um, but yeah, that is where we are at. I can do the tally once I log off because I can't mentally do math right now. Um, and uh, basically, we have episodes airing every single Wednesday at 7. Um, Drew, what are you hoping for going into this week's episode? I want Tom to find a super idol. <laughs> okay. Power moves only for Tom. Uh, um, what am I hoping for? Okay, I'm hoping... Let's see. So that would mean there are 16 players left, right? Yep, final 16. Would love maybe a swap. If there's not a swap, I would like to see um, some more Ionia having to go to tribal because I really am enjoying every person who's on Cascade at the moment and need them to just hold on for a little while longer. Um, it's not that I don't like everyone on Ionia. It's just that I don't know them yet. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see some more dynamics develop there. Um, would love to see more Addison Idol drama. That is something that I would love to. And I, based on the grin that you gave me, I'm hoping that means something's going to happen at some point. Um Yes, my crazy prediction, which I know we used to do for LU, uh, my crazy prediction is that, no, actually, I can't think of anything that's, like, viable, because I don't know how you're going to run your game, but you're doing a great job, as I predicted, you know your stuff, Thank so you. I'm liking what you're doing. Thank you. I can ensure that we do have quite the game ahead of us. It is, um, it, it, it's chaotic, to say the least. A lot of... Uh, a lot of dynamics happen throughout the season and I'm really excited for everybody to be able to uh, tear it apart and see what's, what's underneath the surface because there's and by the end, I think you'll, Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you by the end. I think you'll see like, there's a great story that you don't even realize sometimes is unraveling between That's multiple great. people. I'm excited so, to yeah. see it. I will also say I'm expecting, since it is an offspring of Survivor Dearborn, that at least one person, if not more, will go home with an idol in their pocket. Um, so that's my bold prediction for the season, is that somebody's going to go out with an idol in their pocket. <laughs> that is a uh, very bold, but yet very um, strangely fair assumption <laughs> uh, based on the extent of our gameplay from our contestants. But um, Drew, any any last minute comments before we, we head out? Nothing that I haven't already said. Stan, Tom. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> so basically, guys, out in uh, live reality game territory, I appreciate you guys tuning in for this hour-long plus episode of uh, recapping episodes one through three of Survivor Grand Rapids Fresh Meat. Like I said, we air every Wednesday at 7 p.m., uh, so be on the lookout for that. But any updates uh, on airing or anything behind the scenes are going to be on our social media, Survivor Grand Rapids. We're on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that good stuff. So stay tuned for stuff on those channels. Um, but in the meantime, I want to thank Live Reality Games for hosting us. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we're able to get a season three recap out soon. We're going to try to make these podcasts more weekly and uh, you know, make sure that everybody get some get some contestants in here and sharing their sides of the story um but yeah i hope uh matt thank you for taking the time and joining yeah. us thanks for having me guys of course and i hope we are able to uh 
join up again and it won't take three weeks to do so. So <laughs> keep it, keep you guys on the edge of your seats for those listening. Um, everybody hope you have a great night and see you on your TV screens Wednesday night. Bye. Bye.